What's going on, everybody? This is Justin coming to you live for the last time from Ballard, Seattle, Washington. It's been real. Hasn't been that fun. Just kidding. It's been a great time. Um, boys, it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure for those of you that I saw this last weekend. It's good seeing y'all. Had a great time. Uh, but we got to get down to business tonight. Zags, it's a little headlines here and there. Uh, but there's a lot, of, a lot going on in the in the rest of the sports world that we're going to try and take down for you guys. And uh, we're going to have some contentious debates going on tonight. Uh, we're going to recap some of our picks from last week. Uh, look forward to the next coming week in the NFL playoffs. Uh, talk a little zags as per usual. Um, and what else are we doing today, boys? We got uh, walk-up songs, walk-up songs for, for the boys. So we're covering Chet and Julian today, but as always, joined by my hosts, co-hosts, Jake and Zane. Boys, how are we doing? Hey, Jay Page. Uh, this is Jake in Capitol Hill, where I'm remaining strong, you know. Zags are a Northwest team, not a sunny San Diego, just soft ass team. So, uh, but uh, doing great. What's up, boys? Special guest host Zane here. Uh, tell you what, we got quite the spicy podcast for you tonight. We got spicy debates in the episode, and we got spicy Tika Marsala in Cooper's Kitchen tonight. Get ready for all the heat, baby. Spicy indeed. And uh, we got a full intern crew tonight. Dan, Zambi, Coop, how are we feeling tonight? Going on, fellas. Intern Coop here. And yeah, I think Zane said it best. Just uh, put down some solid chicken tikka marsala. Hopefully that doesn't come back to uh, bite me in the ass uh, later. Literally. So, uh, uh, but with that being said, let's get into it. Let's have some fun tonight, fellas. Uh, hello, it is intern Zambi, and we got Baja currently asleep at my feet. Had a great little pre-podcast walk, got to play with some dogs, and I'm currently wallowing in the Golden Knights loss. We lost no team. Screw Carolina, but yep, let's get into it. <clears throat> What's going on, everybody? Intern Dan, I, for one, am just so thrilled that Cooper got to cook such a lovely meal and uh, keep us all on schedule here tonight, so... Coop, I, I hope you really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm going to be operating on, on an empty stomach. We'll see how long I can last here. But, uh, hey, let's have a good time. And uh, great to be back with the boys for Paige's final Washington show. So that's why Daniel's grumpy tonight. Empty Boy, stomach. Aww. Coop, maybe you can season your meal with some of that salt that Dan has. <laughs> Dan, I got leftovers, bro. You're welcome to come. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the the pod's already on edge tonight. Off air, there was some uh, some uh, animosity, animosity to say the least. But uh, let's jump right into it for the headlines, boys. Is this me or is this Chef Cooper? God damn it! (laughs) Who's taking the mic, Paige? You decide. Oh my! This isn't a side on anything, but I think we should go with Coop since he's been doing it every week. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. Uh, all right, fellas, to kick things off, um, our time at number one, pretty short-lived as Auburn, coming off a big win against Kentucky, uh, takes the number one slot, dropping us <laughs> number two. Uh, fellas, what are our thoughts? Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too upset with this. We're still a number one seed, you know, and it's not like Auburn's in the West, so like, we were both number one seeds and they were ranked above, they would still be in the South. 
Um, I'm pretty sure Auburn's going to lose before March Madness. And if they don't, they deserve to be the number one overall seed probably. So, you know, good for the War Eagles, I guess. You know, it's first time for their little program. Pretty cute. Nice. You know, it's good to see the, the little guys succeed. Yeah, I uh, I guess I tip my cap to to Auburn. I think um, I think they're deserving of the one seed at this point. Their uh, resume kind of speaks for itself. Um, so objectively, I think they're the number one team uh, in the country right now. I I don't like mind this at all. I think you know we're already you know a national championship contender at this point. Any sort of, you know, bulletin board material is only a good thing for us. I think we're, we're so used to being the one seed at this point that it's kind of weird, but um, I don't mind it. Uh, we, did a, we did a little poll on Twitter this morning to see what, what the Zags fans felt about the, uh, the seed change. And there were three options. They, either it was BS that Auburn jumped us. No, Auburn deserved to jump us. And then the third option was I don't care. I don't care was overwhelmingly the uh, majority pick at 53% with other people saying no, that, that Auburn deserved it. And so seems like most of the Gonzaga community is on the same page with this one. Yeah. I mean, I was in the, I don't care column. I mean, I think they did deserve it, but like Jake said, <clears throat> they're going to lose at some point. Um, last I checked, they were tied at halftime with Missouri, right? I believe so. Yes. So, I mean, anything can happen. It's, it's a weird sports year. Um, there's no real clear cut, the best team in the nation in most people's eyes, but I think it's Gonzaga. But, yeah, time will tell. We'll see. Yeah, I think uh, originally when we became number one last week, I thought that it would be nice to hang on to that for the remainder of the season, but I really don't care at all. Just as long as we're the, we're the one seed in the West, that is all I care about. So, Whatever that means, number-wise, if we're one, two, three, four, don't care. Just put me in the West. Uh, <clears throat> real quick, notably, Auburn is currently losing with uh, just under 12 minutes to go on the road right now to uh, not not so not so great Missouri. A um, lot of time left in that game, but you know Auburn has 38 points with less than 12 minutes to go. So like Jake said before, I'm fairly confident Auburn will lose at some point this, this season. And I don't think Gonzaga will. So I think we'll reclaim that number one seed, you know, if not, if not shortly, then, then before the tournament, I think. Yeah. Just some uh, closing thoughts on this. I, you know, in the same boat as everyone else, I could care less about being number one. We've been that enough times now Um, for us. I mean, it should, it should only really be about winning a national championship. So if that's what the uh, as long as that's the focus, uh, I think we're good. But moving on, some more uh, Zag news. I guess you know, bad Zag news. Um, the Stocktons and uh, Gonzaga tensions are at an all-time high right now, fellas. As uh, the Zags have decided to revoke uh, Stockton's season ticket season ticket privileges due to uh, Stockton Stockton's stance on COVID and the mask mandate. Um, so yeah, he wants to jump in and jump in and take this one first. Oh, fuck it. I guess I will. Um, I mean, I don't know if we should really be surprised that the, the, the player who grew up in Eastern Washington his entire life played all of his career in Utah is, is pretty anti-mask. Um, 
I think the university did the right thing and and not banning him. They just suspended his tickets if he won't wear a mask. And I guess that's John Stockton's right to not wear a mask, but go do it on your own property then, which is most of Spokane. So, um, I mean, it just makes the university look kind of stupid, you know, just gives people this easy, easy father. Um, so it kind of sucks, but I don't think it's too big of a distraction. Yeah. I mean, I think the university did do the right thing. And it's kind of interesting because this is the first year of our new athletic director. And so on your first year to do that to John Stockton, you're pretty much setting a precedent on what you want to see going forward. Does it surprise me that he's anti-vax? Not really. I think him and Gonzaga, they'll mend their stuff. But in the article, he's quoted as saying, uh, <clears throat> he's still pretty connected, yada, 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 but it's strained, not broken. We'll get through it, but not without some conflict. So what that conflict ends up being, we'll see. But yeah, not, not a big shocker, but I think we did the right thing. All right. Uh, yeah, hopefully, like Zambi said, hopefully, you know, there's going to be conflict, but uh, hopefully, you know, this tension gets resolved sooner than later. But on a lighter note, fellas, the um, as you all know, Dickie V has to uh, step down the rest of the season due to his cancer diagnosis and treatment. But um, the McCarthy family has come in and donated, I believe, what was it, Zambi? $100,000? Yep to the Dickie V Foundation. So uh, good PR look for the Zags. Um, love to see it. Anyone else have any thoughts on this? Well, I do have one. Uh, it's actually the V Foundation, not the Dickie V. But, I mean, it, we always say Zags help Zags. And sometimes in the Jesuit way, it's not a Zag. And so in typical Dickie V style, or excuse me, I just totally screwed that up. <laughs> um but yeah, uh, typical Zag style, the McCarthy's donating all that money. I think it's a great gesture. Obviously, it's good PR, but it's more than that. And yeah, prayers up for uh, Dickie V and for a speedy recovery. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll Dito uh, Zambi's prayers up for Dickie V. Um, I, think, I think the most recent like medical uh, sort of report is aside from, you know, the cancer diagnosis everyone knows about, he's having issues with his vocal cords as well. Now um, it'll be weird to not have him around for the rest of the season. Um, it was pretty exciting when we did get him for that um, for the U UCLA game earlier in Vegas. Uh, and Dan, Dan and I actually got to watch that together at Jack and Dan's. And it was pretty electric to see, to see the whole bar kind of put the sound on to, to see, the emotion before that game. So that'll, that'll be missed for the rest of this year. So hopefully, hopefully we can get him back soon next year. Yeah. I'll close this out with this one. Um, yeah. Just wishing Dickie V, you know, a speed recovery and, you know, I expect him back on the sidelines next year, but moving on, we have some NFL news. As y'all know, a lot of head coaching openings, but we have a new one fellas as of today, as Sean Payton is stepping down as the head coach of the saints, uh, <coughs> bit of a shock here. Um, didn't really see this one coming, but, um, yeah, he made it official today. Uh, so what are our thoughts? I think this one's very interesting. Uh, definitely didn't see it coming. Um, heard some rumblings this morning, uh, on the Dan Patrick show, of course, the number one source of, you know, breaking news like this, uh, but Cooper, other, other than our podcast, of course, Dan. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. I know you've been but away Cooper a while, but just remember you're part of the show. 
My bad. My bad. Uh, but Coop, uh, Sean Payton, for, he's got a connection with Dallas. Does Jerry say, hey, McCarthy, get the hell out of here. We're bringing in Sean Payton. Um, I definitely welcome it. I don't think we're going to part ways with McCarthy just to bring in Sean Payton, unfortunately. Um, I whoa, think whoa, 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 whoa. Why would you not do that? <laughs> I mean, I think if we just completely miss the playoffs, then, yeah, that McCarthy would, you know, already be out of here. And um, But who knows? I mean, Jerry has a mind of his own, and if – for all, for all we know right now, he's probably fishing in the Bahamas with uh, Peyton as we speak. So um, I wouldn't put it past him to fire McCarthy and bring in Sean Payton. I'd be, I'd be, well, I'd welcome that with open arms. So Payton's not retiring. He's just leaving the, um, the Saints. That's how I understand it. He's just stepping down. I mean, he oh. could. There was talk about him, uh, you know, getting a lucrative tv deal as an analyst uh the thing i would watch for now is what if sean payton goes to one of those places that has an opening like a denver or something like that and denver all of a sudden changes their search and then sean payton aaron Rodgers combo god that those would be the the biggest (laughs) asshole team ever or or a sean payton russell wilson combo i always thought that the saints were a spot for russ potentially Uh get out of here Oh, <laughs> see, I thought Sean Payton was just retiring because like all the old quarterbacks are getting out of the league and his strategy of just injuring the quarterback isn't as viable. I, I have a question for the boys. Now, now that we have all of all of these job openings last week, or was it two weeks ago, we talked about the uh, most attractive job at this time. Well, I just put all of the opening jobs in our chat. So take a quick look at it. Which one at this point is the most lucrative or the best place to land for a coach right now? If you're looking for a job as the roster stands right now, without as it stands right now, you can't do this. Oh, Aaron Rodgers, he's going to go to the saints. So saints, obviously it's the saints without a doubt. Bears, even with their cap space situation. I mean, yeah, the cap space is not good, but you've got, Alvin Kamara. I mean, you've got. Dude, they don't have a fucking quarterback, bro. <laughs> you've got all pros. J- Jameis was doing fine until he got hurt. I don't know if Jameis is, if that was a one year deal or what that was, but I still think it's the Saints. I think you need a quarterback in today's NFL, like going to a team without a certified, like either rising star or al- already a star is just like a death sentence. Well, there's a common theme with the bad teams that fire their coaches. The quarterbacks are unproven or just I, bad. I, you know, I think, okay, so I, I think, you know, Jacksonville, jury's still out. Jury's still out on that one. Um, I think the Bears, again, jury's still out. Um, I, don't, I don't like any of the others. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, Miami, I, I get, I, Miami, maybe. We can all agree that Jaguars is the worst, right? Yeah. No. I, I don't think so. I think New York is the worst. Yeah, I think the Giants is the worst. At least at least the Jags have a potential like quarterback. They still have hope, at least. New York doesn't have anything. They have nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I still stand by my, my statement that I, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a bust. The guy doesn't lose a game, then he has just a year that he loses so much, he's the number one. They get the number one overall pick. 
I honestly could see Peyton ending up in Minnesota because Minnesota is really good at making bad decisions. So I could see him. I could see him an advisor in Miami. No doubt. I could see him retiring there for sure. That's fair. I think he's the coach of the Dallas Cowboys or he is not a coach this year. I don't think he's going to take any of these other jobs. Spicy. I think I'm a day on this one. I think he's uh, sitting this year out. Um, but time will tell. Ooh, what if Peyton goes to the Cowboys and McCarthy goes to the Bears and we win the Super Bowl by beating the Packers? All right. Well, um, switching gears here, boys, um, into the pop culture realm, as um, some of y'all may know, especially our younger audience, the phrase push and pee has taken, taken the world by storm um and yeah it has been very controversial especially amongst the six of us as some of us are all for it and some of us don't like it at all so zane i i want to hear your thoughts first you were very outspoken about that this week so give us your stance on push and pee well okay my stance is pretty pretty simple i don't get it i don't understand what what it means or what it is i just see the little blue p logo that jake perfectly described as like looking like a progressive insurance logo, which is what I thought it was as well when I first saw it. So I, my stance is simply that I just don't get it. And, and nobody has successfully explained to me what it means without just going, Oh, you're not pushing P Oh, put pushing P dude. Oh, come on. I, that's my stance. I just don't get what the hell it is. And you know what? I'm at the point where I don't want to get it. See, I think that's what we're getting caught up here. It'll leak into our next debate here, but it's just a, it's just a stance of, being difficult and not wanting to learn, <laughs> not wanting to understand how to push. I am asked. I asked you guys, and your response was, "Oh, clearly you're not pushing P." We put in the definition from Urban Dictionary. It, it sounds like something Mitch Sassanoff <laughs> would like say jokingly, yeah. and then everyone like, "Oh, shut up, Sass!" And then like two weeks later, suddenly everyone is saying pushing P, and you're like, "How did this happen?" The catch That's is what I'm like wildfire. Zane, so, I will so, say. So can I get life, an explanation? Can I get an explanation? Just something simple. It's a lifestyle. You know, me, Paige, kind of Dan, we were pushing P this weekend. <laughs> by, we this weekend. by doing what? By doing what? By having a good time. <laughs> I think that's all I need to be said. <laughs> it's literally it's going way over Zane's head, I think. Zane, no, okay. somebody so, so what I what what has been told to me is that this is from the song Push and P, right? That's where all of this stems from. Correct. So I looked up this song to to just get a gist of what you guys might be trying to convey when you walk around telling your 15-year-old friends, hey, are we pushing together <laughs> today, boys? Um, I looked it up and, and here's a lyric from that song. A couple of lines for you boys, just a something to chew on. It says Three P's, pop, pouring, Porsche, skirt, pushing P. I just fucked a cup of water. I did. Pushing P, red banana cars, A, pushing P. So that's that's your boy's motto right now. That's your that's your mantra, huh? Zane, as somebody that allegedly was pushing P this weekend, I have not a clue what I was doing that would be defined as pushing P. So I'm with you here. I, I don't know what's going on with this. I feel like my father. Well, uh, Cooper, you 
Are you fucking cups of water? Is that what's happening here? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that's a direct uh, translation of. That is. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I know what Gunn is talking about when he when he says that. But um... <laughs> look, I'll, I'll leave it two examples. All you need to know is Gunna gave love to Jar Jalen Suggs, our one and only. Said he was pushing P. You don't support that. That's a little questionable. It's a little sus. That's all I'm gonna say. And also, Hasbula clearly pushes P from that picture. So, I mean, that's basically two icons right there. I don't need. I don't know what other uh, evidence you need to know it's a good thing. That's all I'm gonna say. Two two good examples. I will admit. <laughs> two two uh, people I'd want to align with. I think exactly. But exactly. Still, at, I question this fucking of the cup of water situation that you guys are on was was jalen suggs pushing p on his poster dunk and his little 360 that he had the other day absolutely okay <laughs> good good to know jake where are you at with this you're kind of quiet right now i mean i don't know <laughs> I'm, I'm i feel like i'm against it but i know i i'm a slave to popular culture so once it catches on i'll probably start saying it but as soon as i start saying it i know it's over you know what i mean like yeah. no, we're already we're already on to the next thing when jake's yeah <laughs> jake's pushing pee <laughs> i'm just dabbing in the corner ha, ha, ha. <laughs> oh gosh all right well let's not get too carried away with this um to close this out we have some baseball news as um, Barry Bonds not getting into the Hall of Fame today. Um, and I know, I think Paige and Zane, you guys are kind of going back and forth on this. Who's uh, Who wants to take the mic first? <clears throat> Paige, you want to take it? I can take it if you don't want to. Go for it. All right. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. Let me prepare because I – First things first, I am genuinely confused when and how Barry Bonds got like all of this support from mainstream media to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. I don't know when that happened because he's a known cheater who cheated the game of baseball. I, I just don't, I guess I just don't understand where the sympathy for this guy lies. Um, another preliminary matter before this tribunal is clarifying this argument that is presented before us. First, the specific issue is whether Barry Bonds deserves to get into this Hall of Fame as it currently stands. The argument is not that the Hall of Fame should just be expanded to destroy what it was perceived as its exclusivity um, and instead just kind of open the gates to the Hall of Fame. Um, no, it's strictly about whether Barry Bonds gets into this Hall of Fame as it currently stands. Any other argument about the voting structure or expanding admission into the Hall of Fame is just, a, it's extraneous. It's a different topic while it might be related. It's a, it's a different topic. Ultimately, the reason Barry Bonds shouldn't get into the Hall of Fame is simply because of the precedent that has been established by the Hall of Fame for the past hundred or so years. Um, up until today, no, no person has been inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame that has tested positive for steroids. Obviously, the lone induction of David Ortiz today 
breaks that trend, um, which in itself, I disagree with. I'll, I'll go out. I, I said that immediately when Zambi brought it up earlier today, but I don't think anyone who tests positive for steroids should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and, the, and the reason is simple. The use of steroids in any sport, particularly baseball, where the Hall of Fame is the most exclusive Hall of Fame in all of sports, it creates artificial outcomes on the playing field. It violates like a very fundamental principle where everyone plays on an equal playing field. And the best person gets to go to the Hall of Fame because they were the best at what they did on a level playing field. Uh, any use of steroids completely like destroys that measuring stick to see who is better than the other person. Um, like I said, the baseball hall of fame is the most exclusive hall of fame in all of sports. It is extremely difficult to get into the baseball hall of fame. Um, at the end of the day, it's just, it, it, it's an honor to get in there and it's an honor uh, that Barry Bonds does not deserve. Uh, one of, one of the, like, I think the two, they always talk about integrity and character every time they announce their, their ballots. And it's why guys like Schilling don't get in. And it's why guys like Clemens don't get in. It's more than about your stats. It's about what you are as a person on and off the field. Barry Bonds very simply is a shitty person on and off the field. He lied about doing steroids. He did steroids to break the most coveted record in all of sports, which is the home run record, um, which was previously held by a terrific man, Hank Aaron. Uh, and so I just, that, that's where I stand. I think by allowing, if they would have allowed Barry Bonds into the hall of fame, it would have opened the gates of hell and it would have completely diminished the current exclusivity that the hall of fame retains. Um, you'd be pairing Barry Bonds with guys like Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, Ken Griffey Jr., Jackie Robinson, Roberto Clemente, and of course, one of Paige's favorite guys, Tony Gwynn. Barry Bonds simply does not belong in a category with those guys. While his numbers certainly do, his character, his integrity, and his person on and off the field does not. Um, and so that's kind of that's kind of briefly where I stand. I think, you know, a lot of people have an issue with Barry Bonds just because, uh, you know, they say his first half of his career um, would have gotten into the Hall of Fame. Well, that's just like a, the most flawed argument you can come up with. That's like saying, oh, I wrote half of a book report and the first half was an A paper, but I plagiarized the entire second half. But you should still give me an A because I did a great job on the first. I just cheated on the second half. No, that's a fucking F paper. You don't get into the Hall of Fame with that book report. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, just... Barry Bonds does not deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I rest. Awesome. Uh, well, I'm going to take the pro Barry Bonds Hall of Fame argument here. I don't have the, the legal jargon or the, the lingo there, but uh, I'm going to keep it pretty simple. Uh, at the end of the day, he's probably the greatest hitter of all time. Um, it's That's known. Um just to kind of shed some more light on the half of his career being Hall of Fame worthy, half of it, obviously, he was taking steroids. When he was age 33, he had 411 home runs. He was a 291 hitter, almost 2,000 hits. Uh, and it was known fact that at this time, he changed trainers. And this trainer is the one who is 
the one who influenced and had the access to that steroid access. I mean, at the end of the day, the guy was on a hall of fame pace already and sure, you know, whatever he wanted to get a little juice. He wanted to have some more strength, some more power. Uh, but if you look at his season in, I believe it was 2003, 2004, he was walked 232 times and he struck out 41 times. 132 of those times were intentional walks. So we'll take those out of the equation here. So he had a 41 strikeout to 100 and just 100 straight walks. That's a, I think we ran the numbers earlier, 2.48 walk to one strikeout ratio. Uh, to give some more context there, my favorite hitter of all time, Tony Gwynn, who I believe was the one of the greatest hitters of that era, a little before Barry's time, had a 1.4 to 1 walk to strikeout ratio. And it's pretty well known that juice doesn't help your reaction, doesn't help your batting approach, doesn't help you situationally like that. Um, yeah, your ball will go a little farther, but I mean, that plate discipline, it's unmatched. It's never been seen like that before. Maybe with Ted Williams. I don't know. Um, but just to continue this conversation, we talk a lot about morality and baseball has this high and mighty stance for whatever reason. And you look back at the at the early days of baseball and to use this argument of character is a little flawed because it's well known for a long time. And I'm not making this like a race argument, but it's well known that a lot of those early Hall of Famers would not take the field with African-American players. What are we telling our kids about those guys? I mean, at the end of the day, like, why are we hanging our hat on something that made the game more exciting? as opposed to something like that. And obviously now it's, you know, done, said and done. You can't go back on all that stuff. But, I mean, it's just interesting where we're kind of pushing that morality argument. Um, and also, speaking of the character, you know, qualification, there are tons of players that have had great character who have other fantastic achievements in their career that were one and done's on the Hall of Fame ballot. Jason Veritek, arguably the greatest game caller of all time, caught the most no-hitters in baseball, and it's not even close. That right there is a phenomenal skill that if you really played baseball and went deep into the game, you know how difficult that is. In the major league, like that level, like that is goes beyond. And he's known to be a captain. He's known to be a great guy. Like his knowledge of the game is second to none. And he barely even got a look, you know? Um, yeah. His batting stats weren't great, but that alone has so much respect right there in the game. And, you know, obviously there's tons of, of big leaguers going out on Twitter, doing whatever, saying that Barry should be in the league. I mean, it, it's just a level of respect that players have for what he could actually do beyond just the juice, you know? Yeah, sure. It's shitty, but everyone was doing it at that time. There's probably guys right now in the hall of fame that haven't gotten caught. Uh, there probably will continue to be guys that haven't gotten caught that get inducted later on. And sure, he was the face of it. And it's ironic because the the commissioner at the time, Bud Selig, who completely botched that whole thing when he was promoting it, making money off of it, getting massive TV deals, ended up getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. And then he ended up slashing all these guys at their knees and, and making it that they couldn't get into the Hall of Fame. So I don't know. I think it's it's a very interesting argument. Um, and from my perspective, I think you can't tell the game of baseball without talking about Barry Bonds, the greatest hitter, uh, pretty much of that era. 
could be of all time. Um, and then I, I guess I rest my case there. <laughs> Boy, this might be our most solemn arguments of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, from my perspective, it just it sucks that he's not in. I think it says more that pretty much every player wants him in and, you know, a group of 75 writers who haven't touched a baseball in about 40 years. Don't I'm not want- sure that's so accurate because I was watching the MLB network today and they're basically going around the horn of players past and present. And they like Jimmy Rollins was like, no dude, like he cheated. He fucking cheated. Like you can't, why is he, why would he be getting into the hall of fame if he cheated? Like wh- we were playing at the same time. The only reason I, I towards towards the end of his career, granted, but like I, I don't I don't agree that players are advocating for him to get. I think it's a lot of the younger generation that has forgotten how he cheated and the impact that that had. Not only him, but everyone else. I mean, there's a reason only one guy got inducted today. I, I think David Ortiz only got inducted because they couldn't just not induct anyone this year because everyone on that list is a steroid user. And so I, I think that was the cop out for David Ortiz right there. Aside from the fact that he's generally perceived as a likable guy, but you know, I, I, I'm just of the stance that like, you know, sure. There have been not great guys that have been inducted into the hall of fame, but just because that happened doesn't mean that we should let another bad guy into the hall of fame. Um, he cheated plain and simple. He cheated the game of baseball. You can't, well, you are not the greatest hitter if you had to take steroids to become the greatest hitter. Um, were you, could you have been on a path to become the greatest hitter? Maybe we'll never know because you cheated and you did that to yourself. No one made you take, no one made you inject that drug into your system uh, and then lie to a federal court about it. You did that on your own terms. And so I have absolutely no sympathy for the guy. I think, you know, he's been, he's been forgotten by the baseball world generally at this point um he'll always have that cloud over his head if he did get into the hall it would have undoubtedly been an asterisk every time a father showed their son the bust of barry bonds it would have been oh that guy has the most home runs but you know he did use steroids and so that's that that is like the reality of the whole thing um I don't know. Like if the it's the hall of fame's job to preserve the history of the sport and you're keeping the best hitter out of it i I don't think he's the best hitter Who's better? <laughs> people who didn't, Hank Aaron, the, the, like, easy, Babe Ruth. There are quite a few people who didn't have to use steroids to get the numbers that were. No, I, I, I disagree. I, didn't, I think they played at a different time. And the, but they didn't use steroids. The, the, ta- the time, like the timing factor is so distinct from oh, purposely I, using steroids, which I, not only helps I mean, power, like you said, it helps recovery. It helps you be able to practice more than anyone else. Yeah, but it doesn't help you hit a baseball. It absolutely does. You can practice you more because you're not as <laughs> does does practicing more help you hit a baseball better? I mean, he's already been practicing quite a bit. He was 33. But years practicing old. more would obviously make a better hitter even better, right? If he has the ability to overcome injuries that players have to deal with throughout their careers because he's using drugs, that makes you that allows you to practice your I mean, platform and become you, better. You can hit batting practice all day long, but it's not 98 up in your grill. You know, that's a completely different different atmosphere. Okay, okay. I think we've <laughs> devoted enough podcast time to this. We'll let the viewers decide. Oh, wait, real quick, Sammy has a raised hand. Hit us. Yeah, so I have uh, two quick notes here. Um, we're talking about guys who are great but haven't used steroids. Guess how many home runs Albert Pujols has? 679 and he's a class act guy 
I'm not going to dive too much into that. Personally, I do like David Ortiz. And like Zane mentioned, yes, he did get caught for steroids. Uh, my closing note here, it's uh, a quote from when he got caught with this. Basically says, what's the reason to come out with something like this? Uh, to be honest with you, all these Yankees guys were getting caught. No one from Boston. So it just kind of leaked out. Everyone who got caught were told that they were bought, what they used. But David Ortiz, no one came after me. No one came to me before. No one came to me ever to tell me that I tested positive for any kind of steroids. Like if you're injecting yourself with stuff, a, a normal person would probably want to know what's in it. Kind of backtracking to the COVID vaccine. Like, I just don't get it. Like, I think it's just a cop out from David, but I mean, he did get shot at a cafe, but yeah. <laughs> he paid the price. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Let's, let's get, let's move it on. Where do, where, well, quick, quick vote, quick vote. Where do, where do the rest of the boys stand after hearing the two sides? No. I just think uh, the baseball hall of fame is just fundamentally flawed. I think like Paige says, it should be uh, preservation of the game. Uh, you can't tell the story of baseball without the steroid era, without Bonds, without Sosa, without McGuire. You can't just act like it didn't happen. So we're just not going to have anyone in the Hall of Fame from that time period ever. Um, I think, you know, th they should be in there in a different, different, you know, way. There should be an asterisk. There should be, you know, hey, here's these guys that are in the steroid era, whatever. Exactly. But it's part of the no game. No one's talking about how exciting, Hall of Fame, so. how exciting was that time? Like just saying yourself, like you had a little Bonds jersey. You're from LA. Like it was exciting. Like sure, like maybe it's not oh the high and mighty little you know special section, but he should be in the Hall of Fame in some capacity. I don't know. I I find myself agreeing with Zane. I just think it's just the act of cheating. It's not the you can you know we can all debate the like how much steroids help people, but if, if you're knowingly trying to manipulate the game so you have an advantage i think that's cheating i think you shouldn't be celebrating i mean it was very poorly handled at the time by the commissioner it became a banned substance in 91 but they didn't even start testing for it until 2004 if it's yeah gonna... but just because you can cheat doesn't mean <laughs> it's okay to cheat yeah but he he profited so much off of that that's why he didn't stop it because it was growing the game like, I mean, come on. Like, he's a pro. I mean, yeah, he wasn't injecting him with the steroids, but no one was stopping him because he was making him a lot of fucking money. Oh, I I agree that the I don't think the commissioner should be in the Hall of Fame either. I think they should he should be kicked out. Then why? Yeah, why is he in it? <laughs> yeah, I agree. No, I, I, I also agree with with you on that. I think anyone involved, I, like, I think you. Yeah. There are two aisles here. You either have to open <clears throat> up the Hall of Fame to everything. And include all the steroid guys, if if that's what you choose, or you can do what well the Hall of Fame hasn't done a good job of it, or you can just ban that whole era, um, which would mean no David Ortiz, and it would obviously mean the commissioner shouldn't be in there. That's where I stand. I think if you if you really want the Hall of Fame to be this exclusive club, you got to keep it exclusive. Um, that's why I don't think Barry Bonds should be in it. That's where my argument ends. Yeah, I I view it as like. Like for the Astros, I'll use their cheating. I don't think anyone as part who had knowledge and was part of that Astros organization should be inducted to the Hall of Fame if like their career takes them there, including like general yeah. managers and coaches and whatever, just because you willingly cheated. And and then I think that's a good deterrence 
Because then if you're a coach or GM or player or commissioner, then you don't want to tolerate it because then it will forever sully your legacy. Yeah. But we'll let the, the Twitterverse aside because we, oh, we have been It was overwhelmingly here. sympathetic for Barry on Twitter. <laughs> All right. Well, we had a little good banter there. And so it's been a while since I've led one of these uh, segments here, but we're going to recap the NFL divisional round weekend. If you weren't living under a rock, you'd know how crazy this weekend was. It, each game was just absolutely amazing. Um, we'll start off here with the Bengals. Joey B smoking that cigar, smoking the Titans. What do we have to say here, boys? How how the Bengals won this game was all Ryan Tannehill's fault. Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> like every play was like third and 15 because the Titans could just hit Burrow at will. And Tannehill just, just kept the Bengals in the game. I mean, great job for the Bengals capitalizing, but, boy, I'd be so pissed as a Titans fan. Yeah, not not a great game for Tannehill. Um, <clears throat> I, I actually picked the Bengals on, on the show um, and then subsequently uh, called a quick audible at the line of scrimmage and picked the Titans. And I think a lot of that had to do with listening to the Dan Patrick show and other shows. I just talked about how that, how it was incredible that the Titans got here and they're just being completely uh, underrated at this point. I, so I, I went with the Titans and I really, I think if they had any sort of competent quarterback, they would have won that game. Um, and so like I, you know, it, it was kind of tough to watch as someone who picked the Titans to cover. Um, but you know, you, you guys talked about having a beer with, with, Joe cool. And boy, oh boy, that's looking pretty good right now. He is looking fuego. Yep. Yep. I agree. I think so. That's it Dan that said this on Saturday. I don't know who said this, but imagine if uh, Mr. Aaron Rodgers finds his way down to Nashville, Tennessee, this off season, a oh. big team, but I, I, I too picked the Bengals and I, uh, Put my money where my mouth was, put it on the Bengals money line. So I was pretty happy with that. Um, but yeah, Joe, Joe burp, looked pretty good uh, in his shades and all. Um, guy's a winner. I, I love it. It's awesome. Do you guys see the uh, Tannehill's quarterback ranking or rating at the end of the game? 10.4. Oh. 10.4. Oh, my God. According to ESPN. Ouch. <laughs> Not ideal. I think that's out of 100. Yeah. It's, I think it's 150 is what it's, it's, or it's 158.3 is the highest you can be. Oh my gosh. Who came up with that number and system? That always bugged <laughs> me. Who created there, this? There is a difference. There's one of them is like a QBR. The other is a passing rating. One of them was just made up by ESPN. It, I think this is the ESPN rating. one. This is the ESPN one. So yeah, right. I think, I think quarterback rating goes up to 157. Passer rating is 100, and it's just a made-up ESPN stat. But this is labeled QBR. QB rating, yeah. So passer rating is the real one. QBR is the ESPN one. That's just, I don't know. That that's a debate for another day. We don't have time for that after. Uh, <laughs> after What's the debate? QBR versus passing rating. <laughs> I didn't. I don't need to see the the stats to tell me that Ryan Tannehill sucked that game. Yeah. I just, you know. <laughs> Burrow, though, is tough as nails, man. What, he got sacked eight times? I think nine, I think. Nine, nine sacks. Nine sacks. Good God. 
Well, I can say passer rating, it's definitely 158.3 because I'm pretty good at Madden. So <laughs> I'd know. QBR is out of 100 then. All Damn. right. Agreed. Agreed. All righty. <laughs> so great game. Good job, Joey B. Rooting for you in the next round. And I would say it's one of the crazier games of the week, but I'd say it's the biggest upset. We had the boys in the Bay up in the Arctic tundra of Lambeau field, taking down the Packers. I think uh, Jake, do you want to start off with this one? I would love to start out with this one as the only person who chose the upset correctly. Um, First off, they are not in the Arctic tundra. Fuck the Packers. They're in their little Midwest hellhole Lambeau field. Um, to all any Packers fans that are listening to this, I just hope you guys realize how how quickly your team is going to crumble apart from after this loss. It was so beautiful to watch because now you're going to lose. You're like $30 million over the, the cap. You have everyone needs to resign. No one's going to. Aaron Rodgers is a little prima donna, and he's going to just leave you high and dry. And you're going to see how hard it is to win a goddamn game when you don't have a Hall of Fame quarterback as your starter. So thank you so much, Robbie Gould. That was the that was definitely my favorite play ever from Robbie Gould. And he he's the Bears' all-time leading scorer, was beating the Packers in Lambeau. Jimmy Garoppolo was doing his best to give away this game, but the Niners' defense and special teams just dragged him to a victory. And I could not have been more excited watching that game. Did you guys see that on the uh, game-winning field goal attempt, the Packers only had 10 defenders on the field to try to block that (laughs) kick? (laughs) They're so stupid. (laughs) That was a disaster. Absolutely disaster. And the block punt. I mean, did anyone else think after the first drive that the Packers were just going to blow them out? Like, that touchdown was the easiest – Easiest march down the field, I think, all, all weekend, except the last two minutes of the Bills-Chiefs game. Yes, I did think they were going to blow them out, and I thought that I had myself a nice little uh, parlay going with the uh, Bengals covering and the Packers covering. But, boy, was I incorrect on that one. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a bummer for you, Dan. Dan had a rough came out game. Hot. He came out hot after the Bengals game. <laughs> <laughs> I sure did. Hey, Zane, did you see who scored that touchdown for the Niners? Uh, uh, Talunga? I can't can't pronounce his name. I'm I'm, I'm jaking this one. Hafunga? Hafunga. Talanoa Hufunga, baby. Hufunga. Right on. (laughs) I think craziest stat is that Robbie Gould has never missed a postseason kick. That's wild. Damn. Doesn't go to many postseasons when he was with the Bears, huh? We did when he was on the (laughs) team, okay? Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, I was picking up Baja. So did anyone mention the, the long snapper after the kick? Mm-mm. No, what'd he do? So basically, as soon as he snapped it, it's up, it's good. Instead of celebrating with his teammates, he sprinted down to the end zone and picked up the football so that Robbie Gold could have it. And then as I'm sure many of our listeners saw, he had uh, something to say after. Um, Jake, I'll give you the honor. Oh, yeah. I think he said, let me pull it up, and I quote, fuck the Packers. 
uh, I thought that was pretty cool. That's a good. I thought, that was, uh, I thought that was Jimmy G that said that that he went to go dap up Robbie Gold and he just said fuck the Packers. I thought Gold said it to to Jimmy. I, I, I thought Gold said it too. It would make more sense for the former Bear to say it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe, all right. I know it's one of them. But Regardless, yeah. they both felt it in their heart, and that's all that <laughs> matters. Uh, Cooper, do you feel somewhat validated uh, as a Cowboys fan? seeing the Niners advance, like, like beat the number one team in the NFC. Did that, did that soften the blow at all? <laughs> I mean, I guess a little bit, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really want to talk about that game considering that <laughs> a lot of that was self-inflicted, but it is, yeah, it is nice that, you know, the Niners won and hopefully they win again this upcoming weekend. Is yeah, this, you- these two teams, the Bengals and the Niners, like, if you look at every other team that played this weekend, you'd be like, oh, okay, Super Bowl contenders, sure, I could see it. The Bengals and Niners, like, if you would have told me that they were playing each other, like, are, no, yeah, they are, no, 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 they're not, they're not. If you would have told me that they are playing in a game, in the semifinal game, to go to the Super Bowl, I would have laughed in your face at the beginning of the year. These, what these two teams have done this year, pretty damn impressive. I agree. And I mean, Niners, if the Niners had a better quarterback, they, they would be really dangerous, but I just don't see them get, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is eventually going to lose in one of these games. He's trying his best and he's going to do it eventually. Maybe against the Rams going back to the Bay area. Oh no. He, he's still so bitter that he, he won't Tom Brady (laughs) much more likely to go to the Bay than Aaron Rodgers. All right, all right. Speak it up, Brady. <laughs> no, 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 we're moving on. So we got the Inglewood Rams holding off some uh, goat energy from Tom Brady. I think I'll hand this off to one of the, the L.A. boys who wants it. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I watched the first quarter um, and, like, thought we had it in the bag, Watched, kind of watched a little bit of the second quarter out of the corner of my eye and then turned it off. Um and then I was slowly reading the text messages from like Paige and Zambi, like saying, uh, what is happening? Oh my God. And so I turned it back on lo and behold, you know, Brady's pulling some of his, you know, Falcons bullshit on the Rams here. Um, and so I, I had to watch last like eight minutes, obviously, uh, because, you know, that's the kind of Rams fan I am. Um, <laughs> but, but it, it was beginning to look ridiculously scripted as to how the Bucks came back. It felt like at halftime, Roger Goodell made a phone call to the Rams locker room and demanded that they let Tom Brady get back into that game because the way the turnovers happened and the timing of the turnovers was just like absurd. I don't know who was calling the game, but they were literally like, oh, the, the Bucks could really use the turnover here. Was it Collinsworth maybe? I don't know. But they, they said something like that. And of course, next play, you know, center snaps it 50 yards behind Matthew Stafford and Bucks score immediately. And oh, Brady's going to sneak it here, but wouldn't it be awesome if they, you know, pitched it outside and got a touchdown? Lo and behold, Fournette beelines to the corner of the end zone touchdown. And so <laughs> I, I, once they scored that, the, the tying, you know, touchdown, I thought it was for sure game over. I was ready to turn it off again and just, and just go back to rooting for Brady comebacks. But, um, Man, Stafford proved something out there with that last pass. That that could change the trajectory of like 
the way he's perceived for the rest of his career. Him or why, how is Cooper Cup always wide open? Like, is he just this good at running routes? Or Did like, you see that they blitzed the guy who was covering him at, at the line of scrimmage? Why? <laughs> Sorry. Like, I, feel, I feel like they, people still don't respect Cooper Cup somehow, which is wild since he's like the, you know, season leader in touchdowns and yards and receptions, right? Correct. And yak. Big yak. Oh, and pushing P. True. He does push P. <laughs> yeah. I thought, I mean, this could have been, in my opinion, the best divisional round weekend I think we've probably seen in our lifetimes. Um, Saturday was with Paige celebrating. Got to see the end of the Niners game. That was crazy. Come Sunday, go hang out with Jake and Izzy. Great tacos. Thank you, Izzy. But all these games, I'm just looking at Jake. I'm like, what the fuck? Sorry. What the frick is going on? <laughs> it just keeps on getting crazier and crazier. And I mean, I totally thought Brady was going to pull it off. But I mean, if you're up by that much and you lose, there's no coming back. So good for the Rams. NFC West, NFC Championship makes the Hawks look a little bit better. Real quick, I mean, obviously we saw Brady just lose. Does anyone think this was his last year or is the dude making a comeback? Boy, his, he, his interviews make it sound like he's leaning towards. Hanging it up? Yeah, I mean, he talked about how, like, it hurts him to hear Giselle talk about how it hurts her to watch him get tackled. And he he like, doesn't oh. even get hit anymore. Tom Brady <laughs> is the, like, least touched per- like. No, he's Jake, did you see his chin? Did you see his chin? Oh, did did he have a little cut lip? <laughs> no one makes me bleed my own blood. Oh no, God! I mean, <laughs> I think I think he ends up playing for the Niners. Like they'll cut Jimmy, keep Trey Lance, and learn under Tom Brady, and then see if they can get one year or two with Tom Brady back in his hometown in the Bay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a take. I think Brady's got one more year and it's in Tampa. I don't see him going anywhere else. I feel like that's just too complicated. Like he's already won once at Tampa. He loves Bruce Arians. They got a great thing going. Uh, I think he'll be back. And I think he's probably, this will probably be, I can't imagine this is how, this is how Tom Brady's career ends. That's the problem now though. We can't, he, he has to win another Super Bowl. To have the walk-off moment, or else we're just not going to accept it. I think one thing to take into account too is is Gronk in a contract year? Gronk is a free agent. He's done, dude. Gronk's got to be done, right? Yeah. Unless he and Tom say we're doing it one more time. I don't know, dude. Gronk is just such a shell of himself, though. Like it's sad. He was still a beast this year, dude. He has he- little flashes. He yeah. flashes, little little tinkles. I mean, wasn't he like a top five or top ten tight end statistically speaking? Yeah, he he's way better than you would think he would be after watching him like break down and retire originally. But yeah, he's he, he can still play another year, I think. Okay, so picking off of the Bay Area talk, what if Brady goes to San Francisco, brings Gronk with him? Granted, I don't see Gronk liking San Francisco, just my take, but the tight end duo of 
Kittle, Gronk. Then you have Debo, Ayuk, Mozart. That could be dangerous. I don't like that. That's absurd. I don't <laughs> see this. I don't see this at all. <laughs> I yeah, definitely don't see Gronk going. That would be quite the little WWE pairing of Kittle and Gronk, though. Isn't there a rumor that like New York is a possible destination because his son is going to high school in New York or something like that? Brady, oh, his kid is ready to the Jets. He lives in New York, but I mean, it's one year, dude. Like Tom, just stay in Tampa and go to New York in the offseason. Ah, but then he wouldn't get to kiss his son goodnight, Dan. <laughs> True. <laughs> this is not the same over Skype. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. All right, we'll get out of the father-son kissing segment there. Uh, and in my opinion, the craziest game of the week, and I think all of us agree, the Kansas City Chiefs make an incredible overtime drive and just break the hearts of Buffalo like they do their tables. I think uh, I'm going to choose uh, Paige to go first on this. Thanks, Sam's. Yeah, I think uh, this game, well, besides it made me a, a good chunk of change, uh, I picked picked up key, uh, wow, Chiefs minus two and a half to start the game at half, decided to double down minus, minus three, and then uh, we also took the over in the second half. It was funny, it's like we were counting all the points uh, in the third quarter, and we're like, all right, we just need like a touchdown and a field goal here. Little did we know we'd get the wildest last two and a half, three minutes or whatever it was, uh, probably in, in the divisional round history. I mean, that was absolutely insane. Um, the 13 second thing with uh, Patrick Mahomes with Reed telling him when times are grim, go be the grim reaper. That that gave me goosebumps. Um, <laughs> big goosebumps guy. Um, and then, yeah, I think with the coin flip thing, like that sucks. And I think this will probably lead us into that segment, but uh, or we can talk about this in a sec, but I mean, it's an all-time game. Like, I don't think Buffalo has anything to worry about. Yeah, it's probably the shittiest feeling in the world. But, um, you know, Josh Allen's a stud. So, they'll, they'll be back, no doubt about it. But um, incredible game overall. Before before we get into the uh, the overtime debate, um, uh, Patrick Mahomes' fiance and brother have caught significant flack after this game um where i know i know we talked about jackson mahomes last week but where do we stand on the uh britney matthews spraying of the champagne bottle from the suite following the victory i personally will go out on a limb here and say i actually don't have a problem with that i think that's electric um but that's just but it's me. like fucking like four degrees outside Dude, you just won. You just won. Like, like that's a, really convenient for Brittany when she's in like a heated suite. Like oh, when you're dude, like a, if, a peasant. If my team just won, like the biggest, the best game I've ever witnessed, I like I'm not too worried about a little drop of champagne on me. In fact, I'm probably looking up, opening my mouth, trying to catch every drop possible. Don't. I mean, yeah, that in context. Like, in in <laughs> I mean, I I see what you mean, Zane, but it's just they're just so. I don't know. They, they it just feels like they just have two first class seats on Patrick Mahomes' coattails, <laughs> and they are just riding it for all they're worth and just showing it. All, and they just haven't done anything to like deserve any of like this attention. And like we were contributing to this, is talking about it. 
but it's like yeah if like anyone else like sprayed champagne i'd be like oh that's cool like everyone's super pumped on like one of the craziest comebacks ever but fuck them yeah know? i mean but the, yeah the fact that it is like Brittany mahomes and that chick is just annoying as fuck i mean <laughs> like that girl sucks dude um yeah i would just rub me the wrong way but um <laughs> Yeah, no, I get I get your point, Zane, that, you know, in the moment when you just witnessed the greatest, arguably the greatest playoff game in history, that, yeah, it's, that's definitely, uh, definitely worth it. But if, not- if she wasn't best friends with Jackson Mahomes, would we hate Brittany as much as we do? I don't uh, think so. Not as much, but yeah. I still wouldn't like her. You wouldn't see the content. It wouldn't be as in your face as it is with Jackson Mahomes. But one thing on the, on the champagne, imagine being a Bills fan. Watching that game, watching your team get its life ripped out from under them because of a coin toss, and then you look up, and it is Patrick Mahomes' wife and brother spraying you with champagne in the freezing cold Arrowhead Stadium. That is tough. Yeah, would not be fun. Um, me personally, I think I'd rather have a drunk fan like throw their beer in the air and just come down on me because i probably already smell like beer i don't want sticky champagne on me my shoes sticking when i walk back into my apartment and have to freaking clean it up and if i later found out it was uh mrs mahomes i'd be even more pissed off not and- mrs yet not mrs still fiance zambi oh uh, what's, what's your name Brittany? oh they're not Br- i thought i thought they're married Brittany they're married matthews now. not married fiance oh i thought oh. they were married too yeah they have their I kid did, did my research on this I mean, I don't think it coincides with the free Britney movement from Jackson Mahomes, but I can sympathize with the, uh, the Bills fans. You know, um, there's that one Super Bowl. I'm not going to talk about it, but I've been there. I feel you guys. Much love, Buffalo. And speaking of which, there's been a lot of conversation about the overtime rules on basically it's like you win the coin toss you're basically going to win. I think the stat was like 80% or something. Does anyone have strong takes to lead this off? I've got, I've got my proposal for, for how the, the new overtime rule, because your two biggest constraints are one, it should be fair, which I think the coin toss is not, that's luck, which I guess is fair, but it, it, it's not part of the game. That's the fair part. And two, it needs to end relatively quickly because you can't have a drag on forever because the afternoon games are coming up or whatever. My proposal, you just have, it's kind of like penalty kicks, but it's just two point conversion attempts. So each offense goes on the field. You get one play. If you make it, the other team has to make it. And if they don't, you win. If they do, they win. You just keep doing that until a team wins. Isn't that what the like college football somewhat implemented this year? The whole they, like, yeah, they did it after thir- three overtimes, I think. But this which one was just skips fucking overtime. electric in that Illinois Purdue game. Exactly right. Because yeah, I think I mean, the, go ahead, Jake. Oh, I, because I think like I wanted to do college overtime rules before for for the NFL, but. I, I can't remember who it might have been Jay Page who was like, yeah, but the NFL will they'll just always score like at the 20, so it'll just go on for forever. 
So I think I think the two point version is just a expedited way. Yeah, I, I, I like that idea a lot. I'll side with you. I think uh, another idea I had would be for, you know, to get rid of the coin toss. I don't like the coin toss because Jake, as Jake said, you know, it has nothing to do with the game. There's no athletic competition or anything remotely close to football in flipping a coin and calling heads or tails. I think we should go back to what the XFL did uh, when they used to put the football in the middle of the field and you take your two fastest players and they just sprint head on. Whoever gets the ball wins the game. That's my alternative to Jake's two point conversion theory. Didn't they stop doing that because everyone kept like tearing their knees and stuff. Jake, 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 we don't, we don't well, Then you have one specialty guy that you're willing to get rid of. Who's really fast, <laughs> but can win you the overtime game. So we just turn it in a steal the bacon at the end of the football game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I was kind of thinking along the same lines as Zane. I'm thinking we just go 50 yard line, Oklahoma drill, baby. Best four out of five. <laughs> Fucking. Yeah. Just. Send you, it, baby. Do you remember the uh, the old like game mode you can play in NCA called Tug of War, where like the ball would just start at the fifty and you would just go back and forth until one team could score? Tug of War drinking game, electric pregame. Oh yeah, Troy State, baby. I have a legit proposal here. I think both teams should get a chance to possess the ball, for sure. I, I'm I'm not calling Jake. Yours is legit, Zane. We're not playing steal the bacon. We're not doing <laughs> Oklahoma drill. These are not real things. Both teams get a chance to possess the ball. Obviously, there there should still be a coin toss because you're going to have the advantage if you're on defense first, like the way you do in college. So I think I think it should be both. The offense starts at the fifty. You have four downs to score. No no field goals. If you don't score, the other team gets it. They get in the end zone. Game over. The problem is that has potential to go on forever. Yeah. And probably would go on forever. Four plays to score from the 50? Just get a turnover. Make make a stop. There's there's defense in football. Both teams get a chance to have a defense make a play as opposed to Uh, but but Dan Patrick Dan Patrick brought up an interesting point today. The issue with like relying on your defense in overtime is those guys are just fucking gassed at that point in the game. Okay, so both defenses should have to deal with it. And then if that's how you go on, then, yeah, that's how you go on in the playoffs. The playoffs should have their own overtime. The regular season overtime, keep it as it is. If they tie, they tie. We don't need anyone dying in week seven. But if you die because you're going on forever in the playoffs, then, you know. <laughs> if you die. Dan's is ready to have these defenders I, die. I mean, no one's kinda, dying, but you know what I mean. I kind of like the idea, Dan, but, like, I don't get the four-play – deal i think it'd just be you get the ball at the 50 yard line you take it down and if you if you're on a fourth down let's say it's fourth and 12 at the 30 you have to go for it no field goals okay i like that more there you go boom we oh solved shit what about this i just thought of an idea what if it's just like a kicking competition like a field goal kicking competition you start at the 10 yard line and you just keep going back no fuck and kickers. Then first fuck kickers. No kickers. I had thought of that too. I like that idea where it's like, it's you know you coin toss decides you go kicks first. You start at the ten, then the twenty, or steal then the bacon. The Thirty. What? Or steal the bacon to decide. Or steal the bacon, you know, but with your kickers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I have a uh, one idea here, kind of like the college football. Um, 
overtime rules. But each time it goes to the next overtime, it goes back 10 yards. But you don't have the opportunity to get a first down. And so basically it puts the pressure on like, hey, we either need a big play or if they couldn't get something done, just get a field goal. I think that's something that we could do. But uh, yeah, uh, I think we kind of beat that horse to death a little bit. Um, all right, boys, uh, picks for the conference championship. Uh, Rams, Niners, I'm going to take the uh, – I think I'm going to go Niners and let's go Bengals. Oh, what's the viewership going to be like for that game? I think it'd be more than like a Rams Chiefs game. I don't know what this is the third time these teams have played each other. Have you guys seen what SoFi is doing? They're like not allowing Niners fans to buy tickets. Like I think even Ticketmaster, like if your credit card ends in a Bay Area code, they they just like cancel your purchase. Well, it was they just offered it to everyone. They limited it to people in LA County before they opened it up to everyone else. They eventually opened it up. But it was oh, like they did the, open it up. It was like for the first like 48 hours or something like that, it was just LA County, which like I don't, that makes sense to me. You're the home team. Why wouldn't you try to take advantage of home field, especially well, in a market that's fair weather? Hopefully the 1,500 Rams fans don't take all the seats first. Dude, ticket prices for that game are stupid right now online. Like they're, they're almost $1,000 for a seat. Damn. Yeah, I feel wow. like they're trying to make that like – the Showtime Lakers feel now that the Lakers suck balls. Um, I'm going Niners. Yeah, I'm, I mean, simple for me. I'm going. I'm going Rammies. Um, no brainer. Uh, although I am concerned, Niners are on a little bit of a heater right now. They kind of have that uh, you know team of destiny feel ish to them. But I mean, it's going to take more than 13 points to beat the Rams. So I'm going Rammies. I would agree. I'm going to go Rammies, even though Kyle Shanahan does own Sean McVay. Uh, I'm going Rammies. And then just because I am leaving this fine program right here, right now, I'm going Rams, Chiefs, rematch of the Monday night banger a couple of years ago. That's your Super Bowl at SoFi. Dang. I dropped the mic there. Uh, Thank God he's finally gone. I'm I'm going Rammies here. Uh, I guess that leaves me, and I will also take the Rams. Um, yeah, they uh, Stafford gets it done, and um, yeah, I just I just think the Rams are they're playing good ball right now, and they had to get over that Bucks hurdle to get it done, and they did just that. So, lock them in for the Super Bowl. Do we do we know do we know the line for this game? Have the lines come out yet? Uh, I, I believe it was three and a half points. If I, let me let me double check this. Three and a half for go, the Rammies? Go over to the Bengals Chiefs while I pull it up. Yeah, it's Rams minus three and a half. Oh, seven. hell yeah. Ooh, Chiefs, minus, Chiefs minus seven. Ooh, oh. I like Bengals plus seven a whole lot in that huh, game. I do not. <laughs> I, <laughs> give, me the, give me the Chiefs in a fucking route, baby. <laughs> me, oh, cool. come on, I love the Bengals. I love Joe Burrow, but hey. the magic will come to an end Sunday. People forget. People forget they just beat them. People are forgetting that. Right? That Chiefs no. defense looked like booty. It's awfully sus. Nah, that means nothing. <laughs> 
Paige, are uh, you taking the Bengals with me in this one? Absolutely. Come on. Bengals. Uh, my guy over there. Come on. Uh, I'm going Chiefs because uh, oh God. Actually, I, I would love to see Joe Burrow win. The Come Super Bowl on. Early. Uh Woo. so I don't want to have to root for him. I'm gonna go Chiefs. That way it's Rams, Chiefs. That is the best matchup we could have. Uh, so I'm rooting for the best Super Bowl matchup. But I think these are going to both be shitty games because we've just been on a roll with great NFL. So I'm with Cooper. I think these are going to be – it's going to be route city this weekend. You no can't one? give Jackson Mahomes access to the Super Bowl. Come on, guys. You don't want him on that media tour. That's Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I want it. I want all of it. Oh, no. He wants the Britney Champagne, baby. Up, I'm team Jackson Mahomes now. I'm, no, I'm going to no. do, a, do a little TikTok dance for us, Zane. We know you oh, got it. <laughs> all right. Well, we're running a little long, so we're going to fast forward here into our Zag segment. Mr. Gilman, would you like to uh, take the floor? I will. And we'll go kind of expedited here just because. Um, We've been going for like an hour and a half. Uh, so what Zags played good old San Francisco Dons last, was it a Thursday game, Saturday game? Thursday. Thursday. Started out pretty cold, but ended up in a 78-62 win. Got that push. One of the most stressful pushes I've ever had where what, I think the Dons had five rebounds on the last possession that luckily they missed all of the points. So we didn't lose. So. Uh, shout out there. Chet had a great game, 22 points, but he did foul um, Bouye on that three so they could tie the, the, the push. So some good and bad for Chet. Um, boys, any thoughts on this game before uh, moving on to LMU and Portland? Yeah, super quick. We saw a lot from Timmy this game. First half was extremely frustrating. I know I was personally irritated. It looked like he was just out of sorts, but – Great to see him bounce back in the second half and I think end up our leading scorer, if I'm not mistaken, once again. Um, and so that was good to see. I love I love a guy overcome adversity like that. I know I gave up on him in the first half. So once again, prove me wrong. Um, and I love that. Yeah, it felt like he played terribly. He did play terribly the first half. Ended 50% shooting, 20, 23 points. So well, I'm pretty God sure first half, he was like one for nine at one point. He definitely was. He he looked awful. He was missing everybody. I think uh, I don't have really too much to say on this. I think Anton had a great game. And one little note here, uh, Jake has Ken Palm pulled up. Our minimum win probability, we were down 15 to 4. And it's 77.6%. Um, and so when you're down that much early <laughs> into the game, and then you just come out and just kick their asses the rest of the game. It was great. But, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. Um, LMU Portland coming up. Coop, Paige, anything to touch on before moving on to the I'll call less marquee games? Uh, I mean, my my biggest takeaway from this game is that it was, it was good to see Chet have a really good game. It's, you know, I think he's rounding out in the form as far as, you know, picking his spots and, you know, learning his role in the offense. We know what he could do on defense, but it was kind of the offense where we didn't really see that whole number one pick um, come into play. But I feel like, you know, 
We're turning a corner with that, and his shot is looking nice. Oh, God, yeah. His three-pointer is is looking great on the season. I think he's averaging close to 40% shooting on almost like two po- or two threes a game. 39%. Very close. Very close. Yeah, so um, I'm about it. I, you know, I think, you know, now that we're kind of getting into, you know, that lull of the the WCC regular season with games against Elmy and Portland, we'll see more of that. And hopefully we'll see more from our younger guys. That's what I'm looking forward to. Hickman, speaking of young guys, Hickman kind of had a tough go at it in, in the minutes that he did get this game. I wasn't, wasn't able to give Hickman hater Dan as much shit as I wanted to uh, let it be known at one point. Um, Dan coined the new nickname for Nolan Hickman. I think he called him Nolan Brickman this game after one of those errant three pointers he shot. So, you know, Hickman hater Dan was in full force for this game. Hate to see it. Hey, but he's, he's a freshman. He's going to have games like this. Um, You know, luckily our team's good enough as a whole that we didn't need him for this game. Just like we don't need Dan for this show. Exactly. Exactly. Paige, <laughs> uh, anything before I move on? Looks like we got it all covered. Nice. Okay. So now we move on to um, – we don't want to look past these teams. They are technically in our conference. Uh, but we are playing the Loyola Marymount Lions and the Portland Pilots Thursday and Saturday. Ken Palm gives us a 99% chance of beating LMU and a 99.7% chance of beating Portland. Um, oh, do we do the Koopy meter? The Koopy meter real quick? Yeah, Koop, Koop, Koopy meter for these. Where where do you think Ken Palm has – is it too high? Is it too low? What are your – ESPN is at 99.1 for LMU. And for Portland, it is 98.8. Wow, they kind of like the pilots. Yeah. I'm going to go – I guess these are the uh, Ken Palm chances I'm looking at. I'm going to go just a notch below what, we, uh, what we're getting for uh, Portland at 99.7. I'm going to go 99.69. <laughs> yes. Nice. You always end with the 6.9. The Koopy yeah. meter is always – You know, you just can't be so sure. <laughs> the Koopy meter is always pushing P. That's How all. confident are you? With the, the Koopy meter. <laughs> What would you do if the Zags lost either of these games? Like, how guaranteed are you? What would you put down? Oh, are you? Is that a question for me? Oh, that's a question for you, Cooper. Like, what would I do if we lost? Like, you know, like, give up the slow cooker. (laughs) No more more chicken tikka marsala, I guess. No more chili. No more any of those fucking slow cooker dishes. Would you? Would you be willing? They they have to to get rid of the jalapeno poppers. Real Portland pilot tattoo across the chest. If we lost, I would. I would 100% get a Portland pilot henna tattoo. Not a henna tattoo. Real tattoo. A real Port UP tattoo. Real UP tattoo. Yes, do it. We have a 99.7% chance. (laughs) Well, sure. What is everyone else doing if we lose this game? Why is this all like? Why are all the eyes on me? This is about you. This is the Koopy index. 
This is about Cooper because he hasn't even done the BYU head attack yet. Exactly. Thank Ooh. you. Always, Ooh. always comes back to that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it you does. Could end that, you could end that real quick, Coop. Wait, why did why did Coop lose that bet again? What was that bet? Who that even remember? remembers? It was NBA. <laughs> oh, it was. He was really, really bad in the NBA playoff. Thing. I think it was when we did that. <laughs> I think it was actually when we did that NFL gauntlet and – yeah, no, I was really bad at the NBA. I had the Raptors winning. Oh, speaking of NFL gauntlets, I'm pretty sure I'm owed a bottle of whiskey at some point here. And that's and, all and... the time we have. To... <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, yeah, is anyone looking like – do we even need score predictions? We're just going to win by, like, 30, probably. There's a significant right? chance I don't watch these games. Yeah, well, yeah. that's well, that's soft. Well, well, no, it's not my fault. They're so damn hard to watch these days, even even in Spokane. If you don't have cable, mm. you got to get a um a VPN. VPN. That it's not worth it to watch Portland. <laughs> <laughs> damn, man. I don't know, oh, Jake. Boy. We could go to South Pond and just get a bunch of sidecar slushies. It's Whoa. the game's at eight o'clock. The game, um, I'm definitely not. will be closed that. already. I'll watch the first half. That's all you're getting. Yeah, <laughs> I am hating these Pac 12 style um start times. Yeah, uh oh, Kentucky, they're on fraud watch right now. Right. Speaking of Pac 12, that Arizona UCLA game just started. So, um, do we are we doing our, our music segment tonight? No. Nah. No, no. What if we go quick? No. Uh, no, that's too, no too much. Next See, week. We, next we, week. we don't want to shortchange Strother and Chet. Yeah, they deserve they deserve some good airtime. Yeah. yeah. I am I am picking UCLA over Arizona though. Not Ooh. because not because I dislike Tommy Lloyd or our you know old buddies from Gonzaga, but because we need UCLA to play well as Gonzaga fans. Yeah. Also, if Arizona keeps winning, there's a very good chance they jump us and take the yeah. one seat of the West. Yeah, we need Arizona to be not quite as good as they have been. But hey, I think Balo double double tonight. Oh my god! Portland tattoo if he doesn't get it. Yeah. Oh no, who has to get it? <laughs> no, not me. <laughs> Boy, that would be the boldest bet of all time. Jake agreed. Jake I'll agreed. Get a, I'll get an Omar Balo cookie dough tattoo how about that get get a the tattoo of the cookie monster <laughs> yeah right. we're we're in the ether right now boys I, there's probably going to be maybe five people who end up to where we're at right now we might have lost some people on the berry bonds argument uh, if i, I think we did <laughs> that is definition of this pod we'll though like, it past go, that segment <laughs> you go back to our history <laughs> when we were debating Alexander the Great versus Genghis Khan. It's more <laughs> worthless than you don't get us now, okay? That's all I'm gonna say. We might have to go back and redo those. <laughs> those are hey, we've all matured as individuals. It'd be interesting to see. Oh man, I, you know what I was thinking about the other day it was what the fuck we did for three months with no sports, nothing, not a single yes, thing. We debated Alexander up. Hamilton or Alexander the Great. <laughs> We calm. fucking rode our bikes for two hours a day. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Literally in my job interviews, they're like, yeah, what do you do for fun outside of um, working? And I'm like, well, I'm, I play co-ed softball. I 
like to work out, cook. I do a podcast, and obviously they ask about it. Oh, like yeah, we do like some Gonzaga sports talk and like other stuff. We'll do challenges. They're like, oh, what kind of challenges? And so the boy Tone has come up a few times in the past few weeks. You <laughs> <laughs> know, it's hilarious. <laughs> oh God, did you tell him you were cheating with your juiced up bike? Yeah. I would never forget. That's who should be banned from the Hall of Fame is Zamblin. That's like oh, yes, he should be banned. I think yes. juicing. Screwed up. The integrity of Zamblin. He had a corked bike for sure. The best is when he came over and rode my bike, and it was way, way, way worse. <laughs> no, it wasn't way, way, way worse. Well, it, it was. was as, it was as back where it should be. It was like the 30 miles or whatever. Not the. I think you were saying you were doing like 58 miles in two hours. <laughs> it was probably like 45. It was crazy. Like you were on Tour de France pace on the other one. Who was <laughs> Paige's friend was like, yeah, that dude could legitimately become a professional bicycle. <laughs> and it was like after you had like a, a poor loco or something. <laughs> <laughs> There's caffeine in that. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. All Any right. closing thoughts? Oh, are we still recording? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>